Hi there, and welcome back to the Purpose Map podcast. This is Casey Berglund, your host and the founder of Worthy and Well. I'm also the lead facilitator of the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training. Just a little FYI, the doors close for enrollment for the Let Your Body Lead Facilitator training on March 31st, 2023, and the next round won't open up for at least quite a few more months. So wanted to remind you of that if you've been taking a peek or thinking about joining us, you have a little bit of time left to join us, and we certainly hope you do if it feels in alignment with you. In this podcast episode, I am going to share with you how to become an incredible embodied leader, an incredible facilitator, an incredible embodied business owner, all of it. Are you ready for this? What I've realized is that in order for you to go from feeling not in your full power maybe sensing a bit of imposter syndrome or like you're not fully living up to your next level of success. Perhaps you're not owning your true power and your true gifts, but rather mimicking other teachers that you witness in the space. To go from being awesome, you're already awesome, to being an epic embodied leader, an epic facilitator who integrates their superpowers, who owns their core purpose, and who has incredible skills to create epic results for their life-giving clients and run a business in a meaningful, authentic, aligned way. To do that, there's a transformational journey, a hero's journey that you will embark on. One of the things that I've discovered is that there's a core set of skills that can help to support this hero's journey. And these are the exact skills that I teach in the Let Your Body Lead Facilitator training. I've spoken about it before, how the Let Your Body Lead method is part of what helps you in leaping into your next level of meaningful success and helping other people do the same. The Let Your Body Lead method method consists of the integration of wisdom and skills from four different pillars. Those pillars are coaching, embodiment, ancient wisdom, and science. And in this episode, I actually wanted to take you into more depth of what these four pillars mean and how you can use them in an integrated way and in combination with your own unique genius, your core purpose, to really stand out in your industry, to become a facilitator that is sought after and who really walks their talk and creates deep, meaningful change for their clients, colleagues, those who they're here on the planet to impact. So let's get into it. I'm actually going to start with coaching. We're going to talk through each of these pillars separately, and then I'll also share how they can be integrated together and how you can use them to go from feeling like you're not totally tapping into your full potential as a leader, to being aligned with all of what you're here to offer the world. I want to help you with attracting abundance through your service to others and the world. So coaching, what does coaching even mean? Now, if you're listening to this, you might be a coach yourself, but you also might be someone who's curious about it. You may also be someone like I was, I don't know, 10 years ago who had, who has judgment towards coaches and the coaching industry. Let me actually start there. 
When I was a registered dietitian with a science degree and an internship and, you know, five years of training and all the wisdom to share about nutrition and nutritional science, I felt a lot of judgment towards coaches, especially health coaches in the space. There was a lot of conditioning that I was exposed to that um, coaches were less than. I hate to admit this now because coaching skills are so potent, but when I was a dietitian, I had judgment toward coaches and there was a lot of ego in, and there still is, I think, <laughs> I hate to say it, a lot of ego in the training for, for medical professionals and for people in the health field. And as a dietitian, you know, of course I can understand why there was this need to share with the public why dietitians are and were such a great source of wisdom and information around nutrition and nutritional science. Absolutely, we are trained in chemistry and biochemistry and understanding the evidence and how to use evidence-informed practice to support our work. And so when I was in that field of being a dietitian and, and really tapping into the evidence to support clients with what, when, why, how to eat, I definitely felt this judgment towards people who were coaches teaching about food. I felt like, what do they know? They don't have the training that I have. And here's what's true. They don't have the training that I had. It's different. Coaching is more about guiding a client into a truth. The coaching skills, coaching skills in general, really support people with implementing behavior change. One of the things I learned early on as a dietitian, especially when I was working with clients who struggled in their relationship with food and their bodies, especially with folks who struggled with eating disorders or were chronic di dieters, is that me actually stuffing more information down their throats about what they should be doing was part of the problem. I felt inequipped in my skill set as a dietitian. What I needed to support those clients and what I naturally allowed myself to lean into, what I needed were coaching skills. What I needed was to give myself permission to actually love my clients and create a space of loving presence with a deep trust that somewhere inside of them, they had the answers. That I wasn't the one to provide the answers. Even if I was a quote expert in my field, it was actually more effective when I had skills to support them with coming to their own conclusions. So when I took my coach training and became a, a professional coach, I received wisdom that validated what I need, knew to be true about what my clients really needed to create change. Now, I absolutely love the training I received as a dietitian, and I love dietitians and medical professionals, and I'm so, so grateful for those who have wisdom about how to use scientific evidence in practice and sharing evidence-informed uh, information with their clients. I, I love that there's that training and there are people with that expertise. And I believe that the skill set of coaching is absolutely necessary for creating deep, meaningful, transformational change. Coaching involves learning how to hold space with loving presence. Coaching involves seeing clients as if they're not broken, as if everything that they think and feel and know and believe 
is completely valid given their set of life experiences and given all of what they've been through leading up to that moment. So a big part, a big, honestly, I think one of the most important coaching skills, if we only knew this one skill and if all practitioners used it, I think there would be more healing, more acceptance, compassion, and love on the planet. And that skill is acknowledging and validating your client's experiences not judging clients' experiences, not judging your own experiences, acknowledging and validating what your client is saying to you and expressing as a concern. Here's what that looks like and sounds like. And actually, I'm going to use a nutrition example, considering that we're on this topic already. And I'm thinking about something real that I would have experienced. I'm thinking about a client coming to me who is like, no, I absolutely, I can't have sugar, gluten, dairy, all of these things I must avoid because they're causing my digestive symptoms. And, and as a dietitian, I would hear that and hear the energy underneath and, and feel like, hmm, I wonder if this is actually true for them or if there's another way that I could support them with liberalizing their diet, not feeling like they have to cut so much out. But instead of saying like, you know, the evidence says that actually you don't need to do that. Instead of saying that, I might start using coaching skills, using acknowledging and validating skills by saying something like, it makes absolute sense that you feel you need to cut out gluten and dairy and sugar in order for your digestive symptoms to go away. Anyone in your shoes with the experience you've had dealing with bloating and gas and constipation, anyone in your shoes would turn to food and start removing foods from your diet to help find relief from those symptoms. It makes perfect sense that it feels like that's the only way. How open are you to exploring other options? So what I did there was I acknowledged and validated client's experiences and then ended with a open-ended question that is asking for permission to share wisdom. That's a coaching skill. Hopefully you're already doing that in your practice, whatever your practice may be in your business, in your coaching, consulting, dietetic practice. And if not, it's a skill or a tool that can help to open up greater trust and rapport with your client. That's one skill under the umbrella of coaching. Another skill under the umbrella of coaching is deep intuitive listening and reflection. There's different levels of listening. We can listen to what a person in front of us is saying to us. We can listen to their words. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. We can reflect back to them their words, but we can also listen deeper. We can be in total presence and listen to what they're not saying. Listen to what's underneath what they're saying. Masterful coaches are intuitive listeners. Masterful coaches tune into the energy of the client with presence and take them in from a holistic perspective, listening to what they're saying, but also feeling the un energy underneath what they're saying. So deep listening, intuitive listening is a coaching skill that can help with getting to the root of what a client is dealing with and help you better navigate what questions to ask to allow that client to come to their own conclusions and feel empowered in their next steps. Speaking of empowerment, 
Another coaching skill, asking powerful questions in specific ways, depending on the client in front of you. Now, when I was in my coach training, we did a lot of practice around open asking open-ended questions. So what, when, why, how, who questions rather than questions that lead to a yes or no answer. I think that's a really important skill to develop because open-ended questions can sometimes just open up greater, bigger, wider conversation without being leading in some way. In other words, without suggesting a certain outcome for the client. Something that I've learned, especially through studying human design and training in human design, and here's one way in which some of the other pillars come in to be integrated with coaching skills, is that depending on the client's energy type, according to human design, closed-ended questions can be very, very useful. (laughs) If you know of human design, then I'll say this. When you have a manifesting generator or generator in front of you, especially someone with a sacral authority, asking closed-ended questions at certain moments in that coaching experience can be extra effective for helping them get to their truth. If you're new to the world of human design, and if some of that doesn't make total sense quite yet, no problem. Just let that go for now. That's something that we dig into in the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training, is how to guide your coaching skills according to the person in front of you and some of the other elements of what you might know about them. So asking powerful questions in certain ways, depending on the client in front of you, is a coaching skill. It's a skill that we teach inside of the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training and is super, super helpful for allowing the client to co-create the results that they're after quicker. Another really important skill in the coaching realm is coaching a client through contraction, through resistance, through discomfort. Some of the most masterful coaches know how to hold space for tears, for anger, for resistance, for excuses even. Know how to hold that space while maintaining a loving presence. Here's where there's something interesting. It's like you can take a client as far as you've taken yourself. So coaching skills will also help you to be a less reactive and more responsive human, which will make you a better coach. Okay, that's just one pillar of the Let Your Body Lead method, the coaching pillar. And there's so much more to it. There's a lot more to it. We teach you about setting up a coaching container and how to take help a client take action at the end of a container and so much more. I actually want to start talking about embodiment. Now, We chat a lot about embodiment. You've probably heard about embodiment from this podcast and from Worthy Miles Instagram, from my personal Instagram at Casey May Berglund. Embodiment is the star of the show. Embodiment is the missing link in many coaching conversations. It's the missing link in many transformational spaces. It's the missing set of tools in leadership spaces. So we've been talking a lot about embodiment, and I want to share about it a little bit more in the context of its role within the Let Your Body Lead method, and also how embodiment skills can be integrated with coaching skills. I'll especially talk more about that integration piece closer to the end of this podcast. So embodiment involves bringing awareness back into your body sensations as a facilitator, a guide, a leader, a coach. Because you're a, you're a 
human being as well, a flawed, imperfect, reactive, emotional human being. So when you have awareness of your own body sensations, when you're embodied while you're facilitating, while you're doing your work, you have an opportunity to be even more aware and conscious about how you might be getting in the way of the client's experience and or supporting the client's experience. Like no judgment. It's completely natural for you to have an experience while you're doing your work. I don't know if you've ever had the feeling of being triggered by a client. I certainly have. And I feel it in my body. Sometimes my heart rate increases, my breath shortens, etc. When I have awareness of that, and I can bring consciousness around what my body is doing while I'm doing my work, I can bring consciousness to the intention of the session and decide mindfully what to do or not do with that experience that I'm having, whether it's something that needs to be communicated with the client or not. So embodiment involves bringing awareness back into your body as a facilitator and knowing what's going on in your body as you're doing your work. That makes you masterful. It's also supporting your client with bringing awareness into their body, with really helping them to recognize the language of their body and how their unique intuition speaks through their bodies. We're going to chat a little bit more about intuition, different types of intuition in a future podcast. But for now, embodiment and the skills that are under this pillar of embodiment apply to both you and your client. Embodiment involves attuning to sensation, being with sensation, no matter how comfortable or uncomfortable, and allowing that sensation, so that feeling, that tingling, that pulsing, that tension, that drop of insight, that vision, that thing that you hear, those are all sensations, allowing those sensations to offer up wisdom. When I am embodied as a facilitator, I am better able to tap into the intuitive flow of what needs to happen. It's like I open up to an energy that's bigger than me and wiser than me to guide what happens in that session. When my client is embodied, they have a similar experience. They're able to open up to a deeper truth. They're able to better, for lack of better words, call bullshit on themselves and get real. And it's that getting real, that tapping into truth, that tapping into the energy of love, even if it's tough love, that helps them to make moves in an exponential way. Sometimes it's a slowing down that's necessary in order to speed up. Like one of my dear one-on-one clients says, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Fast is rough, rough is slow. So tuning into the body's wisdom and helping your client do the same creates a slowing down that allows for a smoothness and a speeding up in terms of action in the long term. Embodiment also involves the science of understanding the nervous system. So in the Let Your Body Lead Facilitator training, I teach you about Dr. Dan Siegel's window of tolerance, polyvagal theory, especially the the work of Dr. Stephen Porges and, you know, prominent folks like Deb Dana, and also just from my own personal experience, how we can understand nervous system regulation and resilience from the perspective of embodiment. So why is this important? Well, understanding this piece helps you as a practitioner, but also your client as someone who's receiving your wisdom 
Learn how to respond rather than react to life's experiences. How is that useful? Well, I don't know if you're having, if your client's having relationship issues with their team at work and they're agitated and emotionally dysregulated, well, they could burn the relationship down. It could cause them that relationship if there's a reactivity rather than a conscious responsiveness. So understanding this embodiment wisdom and nervous system regulation helps your client to feel more grounded and self-aware and able to learn practices and tools to regulate so that how they respond to especially difficult situations is in a way that they're proud of and creates better results. Part of embodiment also involves exploring body injustice that might be affecting you and your clients. This is a big topic of interest, especially in our current time. And it's absolutely true that people in certain bodies experience more challenges because of their bodies compared to others. For example, when I was a dietitian, I spoke a lot about thin privilege, how being in a thin body allowed me to have a certain experience in a restaurant, for example, that would be different from someone who is in a larger body. Someone who is in a black body or a brown body or an indigenous body is going to have a different experience than someone who is in a a white or Caucasian body. And it's important for us to have an awareness of that. Of course, underneath it all, we're all connected. We're all one. The spiritual truth is that we are all the same. And in this physical plane, there is injustice that affects, that might be affecting you, it might be affecting your clients. And having an awareness of that and how those factors play into our lived experience in our bodies is really important. Part of the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training, especially when we're digging into embodiment as a core pillar, part of what you'll learn is to safely guide people into their bodies to explore wisdom. So embodiment or tuning into the body is obviously so powerful. And for many people, there can be a fear of dropping into the body because they're not sure what they're going to discover. Embodiment can open up an exploration of unknown territory. Also, especially if someone's experienced significant trauma or significant moments in their life that have been scary for them, where part of their survival mechanism has been disembodiment. Disembodiment serves a purpose too. It can be a safety mechanism in moments of trauma or pain. So if someone's had experiences of disembodiment because of trauma, then guiding them back into their bodies can feel risky or scary and can bring up uncomfortable experiences. And so as a practitioner, as someone who guides embodiment, you need to be well-informed about how to safely guide someone into their body and how to maybe be with and hold discomfort that they find there That's in a way that's within their scope of practice so that that client can heal, can become empowered, can awaken to the wisdom that their body is offering them and use it in a new way moving forward. All of that is part of embodiment. Embodiment also involves supporting the attunement to body wisdom, using a variety of tools for exploration. It involves tapping into emotional intelligence that's found in the body. So much more. What you'll learn through the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training is how to use embodiment and coaching skills together, as well as the wisdom from ancient systems and science. So something that you'll be doing and you'll experience personally, but then also guide 
other people into is first, when you're experiencing personally, you'll learn how to like drop into your own body and tap into your own body sensation and receive coaching from that embodied state. So being asked questions while being attuned to your body and being in dialogue from that deeper state is part of what's going to help you transform on a deeper level by taking part in the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training. But then you'll learn how to facilitate that for others so that you can help your clients be coached from an embodied state so that they can get to truth faster and create the results that they want with more alignment. So you see how the integration starts to work. All right, so far we've talked about coaching and embodiment. The final two pillars of the Let Your Body Lead method are first, ancient wisdom, and finally, science. So let's talk about ancient wisdom. When I speak of ancient wisdom, the context here is is I'm speaking about ancient systems. So my experience comes from the yogic world, having studied yoga, yoga philosophy in India with my teacher, Yogi Vishvaketu, and with other teachers along the way. What's really been opened up for me through this study is how deep and beautiful and how much of a science it is in and of itself, how deep and beautiful yogic wisdom is and Eastern philosophy. Now, that's where my main point of focus is. You'll learn about how to use breath, mantra, certain postures, meditation to support people with coming into their truth, being centered and more embodied, and creating the results that they want in their lives. However, you may have a special interest in other ancient wisdom traditions, perhaps from the Chinese lineages, from indigenous systems. And also you, no matter who you are, have your own lineage. Of course, there's conversation in today's day and age around cultural appropriation and cultural competency. And I think these are important conversations to be had. My experience learning yoga from Vishvaji is that that wisdom wants to be shared across cultures. And respected, of course. There needs to be a respect for where that wisdom comes from. And something that I've opened up to, and I'm going to invite you to open up to through the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training, is what wisdom can you glean from your own culture, from your own lineage? If you go back in time and tap into the wisdom of your ancestors, what might you find there? Yogi Vishvaketu says often that If you are not satisfied with your body, you are not satisfied with your ancestors. If you have issue with your body, you have issue with your ancestors. So how can you create a healing or an evolution in your relationship with your ancestors in order to be more present in your body? What a beautiful wisdom gift received from Yogi Vishvaketu and probably from his teachers as well. So ancient wisdom involves everything to do with lineage. In this pillar, I also bring in wisdom from human design. So human design isn't necessarily in and of itself an ancient tradition, but it is and has been developed from a combination of different ancient traditions. And the wisdom that it teaches 
really supports the work that we're doing around helping people to connect deeply with their truth and achieve their own next level of success that's in alignment. Ancient wisdom is here to help you deepen your connection with your own spiritual lineage. I have received the question before um, from people who follow Mormon practices or follow Christian practices, if this pillar will align with them and their belief system. And that is not for me to answer necessarily. Of course, if you have a religious practice, you get to choose if what we discuss in these spaces is aligned. And what I want to say is this, all of you is welcome here, including your religion. And the folks who are most aligned to take part in the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training are folks who have a tolerance and an openness for people who are different from them. So we welcome people from different religious traditions, spiritual traditions, and invite a deepening into whatever it is that brings them spiritual connection. Spirituality is such an important part of learning how to let your body lead. It helps us deepen into our purpose and what we're really here on the planet for. So ancient wisdom is such a core pillar and in combination with embodiment and coaching can add even more delightful truths to be explored. The final pillar of the let your body lead method is science. And I am talking about like Western evidence-based practice. We have a research advisor, a brilliant human, Dr. Amanda Wirtz, who offers wisdom to our training, offers evidence to support the practice that we teach, and also supports with creating our assessment tools that help us to see the effectiveness of these pillars and this work throughout the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training. Quick little story for you. When I was doing my TEDx talk in 2019 called Let Your Body Lead, if you've seen it, you know that it is rooted in storytelling. So I tell a story about expansion and contraction in the body and how to pay attention to your body's wisdom and let your body lead for purposeful decision making. Part of the pathway of creating that TEDx talk was really an initiation for me of more deeply trusting my own embodied wisdom, trusting my own work. In preparation for doing the TED Talk, I felt like I was challenged. I felt like, you know, is it actually safe for me to trust my body's wisdom without having to prove it? <laughs> and I went through a series of tests, like on any hero's journey, that helped me to come to the conclusion that I could trust myself in my body's wisdom. And in fact, I trusted myself in my body's wisdom even more deeply by going through that process. So it was quite ironic when the TEDx talk was supposed to come out online, when I received an email from a TEDx crew asking for my credentials and peer-reviewed evidence-based articles to support the content of my talk. And in the moment, it triggered me a little bit. It felt like a bit of a test. It was like, okay, the talk is about trusting your body's wisdom and not needing to prove it. And then the TEDx facilitators are asking me to prove it. Do you see the irony there? So I shared my credentials, which includes a science degree, and also the current evidence around embodiment in support of 
not just healing, but also purposeful decision making. And here's what's true. There wasn't a lot of evidence at the time. And so I had to share what I had, but there wasn't a lot. And then basically two months went by where I didn't know if my talk was going to make it out into the digital world. I didn't know if it was meant to just live on that stage in front of those 1,200, 1,500 people that were there that day. And then when I was in London, UK, on my way back from India, facilitating, co-facilitating an embodiment training for yoga teachers with a somatic psychologist from Calgary, I got a text that said, your talk just dropped from our local TEDx chair. And there was no explanation, nothing, no communication leading up. It just suddenly came out into the world. And I was grateful, but I also thought to myself, would it have taken that long? And would I have had to go through that kind of inner turmoil if maybe there was more science to support this work? You know, mindfulness started as an ancient wisdom technique that didn't necessarily have the Western science to back it up. And yet we knew of mindfulnesses, I don't know if that's a word, the profound benefits of mindfulness, you know, and yogis and people who were exploring ancient wisdom systems knew how potent meditation practices were and are. And then suddenly science caught up and we received this evidence that supports meditation and mindfulness for, you know, reducing symptoms of anxiety and helping with mental health and supporting with focus. And, you know, these big companies start to use and, and implement mindfulness and meditation practices in their work. I did a whole episode on this that was about why embodiment is the new mindfulness. You can check that out. Anyway, I discovered through my journey of, of preparing for the TEDx talk and everything that unfolded afterward that I wanted to contribute to the science so that more people could access this work. Some people need that proof, need that evidence-based information in order to have buy-in to this work. So this is why science is a core pillar of the Let Your Body Lead method. Especially since doing the TEDx talk, I've been very involved in receiving wisdom from scientific articles about how embodiment is effective in trauma healing, for sure. You know, how embodiment plays a role in nervous system regulation and how that can support healing and growth. But also, I want to contribute to new research about how embodiment plays a role in purposeful decision making, in living your most aligned life. What if we had way more articles and meta-analyses and reviews that shared the effectiveness of this work. So science involves being part of creating scientific evidence through taking part in the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training. We also use it in our program to help you validate your own experience and help clients validate their own experience. We never want to use science to gaslight people's embodied experiences. We want to use science to help validate their experiences, especially if we believe that there's wisdom that comes through the body that is worth paying attention to, whether there's science for it or not. Science involves learning how to critically analyze scientific literature, learning the flaws of science and the gifts of science, also having an awareness of the research landscape as it relates to the pillars of the Let Your Body Lead method. 
being able to use that wisdom to be even more grounded in the work. You'll also be supported in creating your own assessment tools like a scientist would. And again, we have support from a research advisor to make this all so. I spoke with her recently and we were talking about the specific questions we want to ask in our assessment tool to help show the effectiveness of this program. And certainly we want to assess your confidence at the beginning and the end of using each of these pillars, skills and wisdom from each of these pillars, coaching, embodiment, ancient wisdom and science, but also your confidence in using these pillars in an integrated way and also integrated with your unique genius, your core purpose, your gift for the world. A big intention of this program is not to pump the participants out as cookie cutter, let your body lead facilitators, but actually to teach them how the skills and tools they learn from each of these four pillars is in support of them doing their bespoke work, them being more authentically themselves and being able to integrate what they already have inside of them and even wisdom that they learned from other trainings. Of course, we want you to bring all of your gold to the table. And I believe that that will help you to create even more epic results for your life-giving clients and make you an even more successful corporate leader, business owner, etc. When you receive the wisdom from these four pillars and learn how to integrate it, you will become a great embodied leader. You will become an epic facilitator. Your life will change and the lives of your clients will change. You will learn how to run business better. Guess what? Embodiment helps in sales conversations. Embodiment and coaching and ancient wisdom and science woven together helps you to connect with the truth of what you really want to offer to the world and make better decisions around your offers and pricing and how you uniquely want to go about selling and marketing your work. That is part of it. Three months of our program is devoted to you being successful in your career whether you're a business owner or a corporate leader. So it is with great excitement that I share with you these pillars of the Let Your Body Lead method. And I hope that that helps to clarify exactly what you'll be learning within the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training when you choose to join us. When you're after greater inner fulfillment and more aligned success in all areas of your life, health, wealth, relationships, connection to your purpose, it's not just embodiment that's key. It's embodiment combined with coaching skills, wisdom from ancient traditions, modern day science, and your unique genius that really makes this epic. There's definitely something you've been doing underneath what you've been doing your whole life that is your superpower. I call it your next level purpose that wants to be integrated with these skills and tools that you'll learn here to contribute in the way that you best can and to contribute to our overall mission of creating more love in the world solving this separation polarization problem and actually creating unity and helping us coexist with each other and with the earth in harmony. So if you're curious about joining the Let Your Body Lead facilitator training, you can head to letyourbodylead.com slash L-Y-B-L dash training. The link to that training, sorry, that link to that webpage is in the show notes. You're also more than welcome to ask any questions. You can either DM Worthy and Well at Worthy and Well on Instagram or email info at Worthy and Well. 
We're here to support you in this decision. Of course, we only want you to say yes if it feels aligned. If you have, I like to say, if you're like 80% sure, that's usually like, that's usually pretty good. Sometimes it's hard to get to 100%, but 80% of the way there is amazing. And we're happy to help you do this, do all of this, and learn these skills and tools in a way that keeps you from burning out or neglecting your body's wisdom. That is not sustainable on your leadership journey. And we also want to help you become this epic leader without having to follow a cookie cutter system or having to go it alone. So you get to have these results. You get to be in community. You get to have what makes you unique and special celebrated. And you get to come out the other end with a set of skills and tools that will not just make you more of an embodied leader and a great facilitator, but also, but and also a better human, a better mother and lover and sister and brother and human in general. More love in the world. I'm going to end this here. Thank you so, so much for listening into this podcast episode. Please share this with a friend if it feels aligned to you. And we'd love to have you join us for the Let Your Body Lead Facilitator training. Again, enrollment ends March 31st. Head to letyourbodylead.com forward slash LYBL dash training to join us. I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you so very much. Bye for now.